and another cracking pan, um, uh, comedian among her many, many talents is Perlina Lau. You will be listening to her on Culture 101, but she's with us today to tell us what she's been viewing. Morena. Morena, Catherine. Where, where should we start? Well, I think we're going to start in at the movies uh, in film. So the, this one is out right now in the cinemas. It's called One Life. I saw this last week and it comes from, the title comes from the old Jewish saying, which effectively can be translated to save one life, you save the world. So this is the story uh, about Nicholas Winton. He was a British stockbroker by day and then a humanitarian on the side. Uh, but he saved 669 children during World War Two and into the lead up of Germany's invasion of Poland. So this is 1939 and for nine months uh, he worked to get children out of che- Czechoslovakia. Uh, a lot of them were in refugee camps. He got them onto trains through Nazi-occupied areas uh, and to London. Uh, they arrived at Liverpool Station where he found foster families for the children. He had to get visas for every single one of them, raising £50 pounds per application, which you know, back then was a lot of money. Um, he got immigration on side to ru- rush the visas through and then got them to London. But unfortunately, the last train, which was the biggest group of children, more than 200, uh, they were on the platform ready to take off the day that Germany invaded Poland and the Nazis rush onto the platform and pull the children off the train. And so that's the last train that didn't make it. And it's, it's the one that haunts him the most. So this is all a true story. And he, for the rest of his life, he sort of remains stuck on these children that he couldn't save. And so the film is based on a book written by his daughter, Barbara Winton. Uh, Nicholas Winton is played by Anthony Hopkins. Uh, and there's a very famous real-life scene that this movie recreates. And it's, in a way, the whole film is working up to this uh, climactic moment, uh, which is where the real Nicholas Winton was invited onto the BBC show That's Life. This was, I think, in 1988. And they tell his story and he's and they show sort of images of what he was like when he, and what he did when he was younger. Uh, and then he realises that the surprise is he is then surrounded by some of the children that he saved. And if not the children, then their families or their descendants. And so it's thought that his actions... Uh, during the war, in the end, affected about 6,000 people, which is pr- it's really amazing. Uh, and the film does a very, it tells the story in a very simple and clear way. There's very little fat in it. And so because the story in itself is so amazing to begin with and it's intriguing and interesting, it, didn't, it almost felt like the movie didn't really need to do that much to tell the story. Um, there's good casting. The Anthony Hopkins, as I said earlier, Helena Bonham Carter plays uh, his mother during the wartime. So it goes between sort of present day being in the 80s uh, and jumping back and forth uh, to the 30s. And what kicks it off is that in present day, uh, Anthony Hopkins is clearing out his office. It's just full of papers and documents. And he comes across the scrapbook in this briefcase uh, that had pictures of children, the children they saved, their details. And he had just never, tr- he'd never done anything with a scrapbook. And so this was his sort of mission to try and find a place for it to go or to give it to someone where, where it could be a bit more useful. Um, so I just found it was a really lovely film. It was very moving uh, and it kind of made you just sort of reflect on you know, he di- he wasn't doing it for the glory um, and he didn't really want the recognition and the fact that he spent his whole life just, I suppose, haunted by that last by train. Last that train. Nev- yeah, that mm. never made it and he wasn't 
trying to yeah he he had a local paper knock on his door you know he just wasn't interested in 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 uh in attention mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't it was never about him so mm-hmm. yeah just a quite an incredible story in film sorry in cinemas now one life mm-hmm. which is a film now how to have sex there's probably been a few titles to that effect this <laughs> one's a film and it's uh, winning rave reviews Perlina. It is. And when you Google this, you should write how to have sex dash film. Um, otherwise it won't come. <laughs> For your own sake. <laughs> For your own sake. Um, so this is the directorial debut of Molly Manning Walker. And it's when I, I didn't read too much about it before I watched it. And I did that on purpose. It was in the film festival last year and I heard really great things. So I sort of just sat down. And I thought, I'm just going to let it wash over me. And it's a coming-of-age film. It's about three British teenage girls who've just sat their exams and they're awaiting results. So they're about, I'd say, 16 or 17 years old. It's their first solo holiday together. It's exciting, drinking, clubbing, you know, hooking up with boys, that sort of thing. Uh, And I was really struck by how much I felt like a fly on the wall. I didn't feel like I was watching a film. Um, I felt like I was in the room with the girls as they were putting on their makeup and getting ready and talking about, you know, what they were going to wear that night or what they were going to do. And so I think this came down to sort of a few things, which was the casting. The chemistry between the three girls is great. It's it's so believable. And in some ways it was so – it really reminded me of being a teenager in that you're great friends, but sometimes there's tension, sometimes there's jealousy. You're also constantly trying to fit in with your friends and go along together – uh, but it's it's you're also not really sure whether that's what you want to do. So I'd say it captures the nuance of being a teenager incredibly well. And you have all this confidence, you've got all this freedom, but then also you're second guessing everything you say, everything you do, um, you know, how you're coming across and you don't really know who you are, but you're acting like you do. Uh, and so the You felt like you were back in that nightmare. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> None I, of us are I, in a hurry to go back there, I was are we? quite uncomfortable watching it. I, I was sort of like, oh, I oh, I remember this all too well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be reminded of this feeling. <laughs> And and so I, I sort of thought she's done a very good job in, in, in making me feel, you know, and it's that kind of very natural dialogue. Uh, it's not overly scripted. It's not, it's not like Teenagers in Dawson's Creek. It's nothing like that. Um, it's a very real reflection. And so the main the, one of the events is that the main character, she is pressured to lose her virginity by her friends and it ends up happening in a very uncomfortable way. She reluctantly agrees to it and she, you know, they're both drunk and so it's it's just about that sort of I don't necessarily want to say grey area but she wakes up the next day and she just doesn't know how she feels. She, do, she knows she doesn't feel good and she's not happy but how do you express that? How do you tell your friends? How do you even piece together what happened? Um, for yourself to understand what happened. And I think the standout in this film is is Mia McKenna-Bruce. She plays the main um, girl. And I saw her in Persuasion on Netflix in the Jane Austen adaptation. She's got this really round, open face, uh, a bit like Florence Pugh. And so just the twitch of an eyebrow. Yes, the expressions give it away. Oh, just Mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. And she spends a lot of film just looking around and trying to you know, figure out how she feels about something. 
before she responds. Where, where are we left with plot with this? Because obviously it's brilliantly character-driven yeah. and it's taking the viewer right there. Um, mm. But And don't give anything away. No. Um, it's a little bit like the recent uh, fabulous TVNZ series where you Absolutely. would have going, this or that? And who, who, who and was it yeah. memory? But, 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 yeah, the, but the exactly. question is, it, that got resolved. Um, yes. The name will come to me in a minute if anyone can remember it. Uh, after, after the, the party. party, yes. Uh, Whereas, Malkin. But, but here, do we necessarily have a plot or are you just left there, going away thinking? There isn't, well, there isn't really a resolution, but, I, but in a way, that is what a lot of teenage experiences are. And... and Unfortunately, probably the good and the bad is that you don't get that. You might tell your friends eventually, uh, and she sort of does, but even they don't know how to deal with it. Mm. You know, they're the same age as her, and they sort of just go, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry that wow. it didn't happen." But, well, but that was, yeah, it's an uncomfortable watch, but a great watch. How to Have sense. Sex is coming to cinemas in. March, yes. next month now. Gosh, yes. it's first feb. I know. Uh, I just know. a couple of minutes left, about two and a half, Pauline. Possibly not enough, forgive me. Uh, <laughs> Love on the Spectrum is on Netflix. This is a reality show. Yes. Have you seen this, Catherine? I haven't, but I, it's what? on my saved list along with a lot of other things. I watched season one, yeah, the, the, the hundreds, the, the hundred long list, I, um, <laughs> which <laughs> I always had to. piled up by the Exactly. Bed. Never get to. Um, I watched the first season when I had COVID, and it was just, it, was, it felt like drinking soup. Warm chicken soup, that's what it felt like. It was just so heartwarming. And so, you know, we're so used to reality shows being things like Too Hot to Handle or Love Island, those kind of big brother shows. And this was just something completely different. There is, it's on Netflix, there's an Australian season and then there's now two US seasons and the second US season has just dropped. But it's, it follows about sort of six, indiv- six or seven individuals in each season and they're people who are on the spectrum of varying degrees, uh, and they're all very different, uh, and it's just them looking for love and trying to date. Uh, And it's not only are you following the people, but you're also getting an insight into their families, and often the parents are the... They're they're amazing. The parents are incredible. They're real heroes, and they're just... They're incredibly open and accepting, and it's quite an amazing insight I think uh, and yeah I just I just really recommend it I just, I just love it I haven't spoken to anyone who hasn't liked it so very good yeah. and where do we find this that's on Netflix so there's an Australian season and then two US seasons love on the spectrum Fantastic. Uh, thanks very much, Polina. Really appreciate your time. Polina Lau, of course, you can find her on Culture 101 on uh, RNZ as well as the many other projects that she is involved in.